All right, welcome to episode 96. It's a Sunday at about noon, and Amy's here. And so I wanted to talk to her a bit. And so what happened was, you're not on the air, nor are you going to be on the air. As we cut, this is January 7th. And just a quick backstory, in case you don't listen to the radio show and only listen to the podcast. Amy's been my co-host for how many years? Um, Going on 12. We'll just say 12 years. Okay, it's fair. It's coming up soon. About seven years ago, Amy said, hey, I want to try to have a baby. About five years ago, they said, hey, we're adopting from Haiti. About two weeks ago, they finally got their kids. Yeah. After five years. <laughs> and so Amy had Christmas break, and then she got the kids in the middle of Christmas break, and she's taking time off from the show, whatever that means. And so she's here because as much as I can say, hey, don't you're good not doing the show, you do have client stuff that you're cutting once a week or something. Our responsibilities, yeah. Yeah, for now, at least. Yeah. yeah. So with that... Commitments. I thought we'd sit down for a second and, and talk to Amy about her life. Uh, let me talk about Sleep Number real quick. This uh, Bobbycast brought to you by Sleep Number. So New Year's resolutions is one thing. Maybe now you're already over your New Year's resolution. And that's probably... The, are you over yours yet? Do you have any? I didn't even... No make, time? No, be a mom. <laughs> be a mom? Yeah. Whether you want to get to the gym more. Are you getting to the gym at all? Uh, yeah, we joined the Y because the kids get to go. Oh, I like that. Yeah, we're like legit family, so... Or eating, so I'm going to talk about that in a second, so don't forget that. Or there's one thing that you can do is sleep better. Most Americans get less than the recommended seven to eight hours of sleep a night. If that's you, then how about a sleep number? I have a sleep number. It lets you choose your ideal comfort and support on each side. It's the perfect bed for couples. Their newest beds are so smart, they actually sense every move and automatically adjust so that you're sleeping comfortably throughout the night. And so my sleep number setting is 30. My IQ score last night was in the 90s. Don't miss the best bed for couples is the lowest price of the season. Coming now and say $400 to $700 on the most popular Sleep Number mattresses. You'll only find Sleep Number at sleepnumber.com or any of the 550 Sleep Number stores nationwide. You can call 800 next bed or anyone you do, tell them that I sent you. So uh, you're over there. You're on your phone right now. Are you t- well, I was taking notes and then I wanted to go check, check a text message, but yeah. So, uh, okay, t- I want to talk about texting. I'll talk about the why. And then I want to talk about the Coke story. Those are the three things I do want to get to in this. So it's the first time that you and I have spent any time just us together yeah in a month basically well i mean yeah you come by the house but yeah but when i come by the oh, house yeah it's like everybody i get what you're saying just you yeah just us yeah we haven't spent any time <laughs> yeah you're right just talking about mm-hmm. this oh yeah i went to i've been to your house a couple times mm-hmm. but there's a lot of kids yeah it's different oh yeah it's different yeah but i love it i love it i love like the busyness our house used to be so quiet it's boring it used to be quiet and boring mm-hmm. it used to be normal that was my normal. I like my new normal. What was the first thing I was going to ask her about? The why? No, one before that. Coke. Oh, the texting. So I texted you yesterday on a Saturday at like 3 p.m. Got a response at like 9 p.m. like I had just sent the text. Uh-huh. So is your life much more away from your phone than it used to be? Yes, because I may not even have my phone or it's dead because kids YouTube, it's an app. They are on it. It's a it's a treat, but sometimes they take it and the battery runs low and I don't know it and then it dies and then I don't have a charger and then we just deal with that when we find a charger. It's one of those things. Not a priority. Crazy. I know. Because <laughs> like, I like my phone. Yeah, but now, you did. Yeah, now it's just different. Your life changes and you just deal with handing your phone over, especially if it's going to... I'm not saying we use it. We definitely still use it as a treat, but it is crazy how it will change a situation. And we monitor what they're going to be watching, but it's, I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, you can have it for five minutes. But if you have a 10-year-old and a Mm 7-year-old and they both want the phone, Mm -hmm. how do you determine? They're good about not, 
the older one normally gets it because she's more responsible and she knows how to look things up and she can control it and she'll share with him and show him what they're watching. So, and they'll each put a little earbud in and it's fine. He's, he, he, he types in things and it's gibberish. She can actually type in what they need to go see and I trust her. And I'm there with them too, but he doesn't need to be in control of the phone. Do they share well? They do. But I think that's a product of coming from an orphanage where you're constantly sharing. Nothing's your own. So we're blessed in that department. Although there is some territorial things I'm starting to see happen with like, oh, that was that's that's mine. They're learning like this is mine. But that that's just, I think, the nature of children. So they're learning this is mine at a much later time because things are actually theirs now, which they weren't when they were in the orphanage. Yeah. And I'm sure just as an innate thing, kids are like that. I'm sure at the orphanage, it's like this is mine, but but nannies probably corrected them right away like nope that's not yours it's everybody's everything from your underwear to your everything i think the only thing they had to themselves there was probably like a toothbrush and they knew it was theirs where do they keep the toothbrush in the orphanage that was just theirs um in a little cubby okay i learned that from my because i never saw them brush their teeth but it would always happen at night in the dark when we were already gone and because you really didn't stay i didn't stay there at, at night uh at the orphanage. So my daughter has told me a lot about what goes on there at night and how they slept and where they slept. And I always thought she slept in her own bunk bed, which I knew the numbers added up of the girls that were in her room. I'm pretty sure there was enough beds, but because we're dealing with a thing of they've never slept in their own room. Here I am creating this, these adorable little rooms. I can't wait for them to come home to. And they come home and they're scared because they've never slept alone. In their entire life. So even if you grow up in Haiti and you're in the poverty level and you're not in an orphanage, you're in a very small, tiny house situation where it could be a one room, you know, situation. So families all share a room anyway. So even though my daughter has a life from one to five with her mom, they probably all slept in the same room no matter what. Then when she was at the orphanage. So you're saying... A life she lived with her mom from yes. age one to five years old, one to five. and then went to the orphanage after age five, five to ten, and then came to you ten, now, to, ten now. to now. Okay, so she's never slept in, alone, and so I'm. I have a, a lot of our nights are spent with them reading, praying, the typical parent type stuff, but trying to just get them to bed and get them comfortable and get them acclimated to. You don't have to be scared. You can sleep alone, and we just have to be as patient with that as possible but that's when we do a lot of talking and I love it and she shares a lot with me about what her nights were like and she actually shared a bunk they slept face to face with one of her best friends at the orphanage and I never knew all this time I never knew they slept in the same because the numbers didn't add up I thought they did but so that makes me think okay we got to go revisit the orphanage and maybe throw a few extra bunk beds in there because it's a little twin bed and I know there's room in there for more. So we've just got to work that out so each kid can have their own privacy. Do the kids want their own privacy, though? I mean, that's what I'm I hearing. I mean, she could have her. No, they'd all still be in the same room and in a bunk right next to each other. But I see how she sleeps and she wants to roll and kick and spread out. And when you're sharing a tiny little bunk bed with someone, they could at least maybe if they want. I want to look into making sure we figure out them having their own bed. Um, and then maybe that could help. But this is a it's a crash orphanage situation. All these kids eventually are going to be going into homes. And it also makes me want to think of better ways we can equip children in these types of situations to prepare them for life in other countries where we live differently. And what can we do so that it isn't so 
terrifying because eventually all those children are going to go be somewhere else. And maybe there's something we can start doing to make it not such a shock. How have your kids adapted to their own bedrooms? They love their rooms, but it's mainly at night that it's, they don't, they're not, they don't want to be in there by themselves. Do they let the lights go down? Do they turn the lights off? She will only if I'm in the room. And then I have to either sneak out or I stay the whole time. You just sleep in there? Mm-hmm. With the lights off? Off. And if I leave the room, all the lights come on. Every single one. So if you leave the room, she sleeps with the lights on. Mm-hmm. And she feels comfortable sleeping with the lights on. I don't, well, I don't, I haven't, I don't leave. If I have to leave to go do something, she turns on all the lights. I don't leave her. Um, so you sleep with her every night? I've, right now we are. Wow. Right now. I've got to figure out the best and talk to some people and I want to do what's best. But right now that's working for us. And she feels, again, I think I said this on the show, but your yeah, podcast listeners might be different. But I want to create the safest environment possible for them, especially because she's 10. Um, and not without giving away too much. Because also she's 10. Like she has a story. This is her story. I don't want to put too much of her life out there because she might one day be like, whoa, mom, that was my story. Why were you out telling it? But um, she's been through a lot. Been through a lot. Most most orphans have. He is seven, cognitively not quite seven. He's living the good life. He sleeps with a lamp on, but my husband will read two books to him. That's the max. And my husband's like, peace out. And he's like, bye, see you tomorrow. And he goes to bed. He goes to sleep? Mm Mm-hmm. He keeps a lamp on and we have noisemakers in each room because they're not used to things being quiet. So we, they have sound because at the orphanage, like nothing's quiet. And he will sleep. Um, we do have issues with him. He's totally, again, this is probably his story too, but it's fine. I mean, parents can relate. He's totally potty trained, but we're having an issue like every night. He won't He won't get up. Because I, I think he might be too scared. He won't get up to his restroom. Like scared because he's in an unfamiliar environment, which is your house. Well, yes. And then he's by himself and he doesn't know, like, if, if they needed to get up, he could always take a buddy with him because they sh- he shared a room with 15 other kids or there was a nanny there and they could get up and take him to the bathroom. And so for him, he's like, eh. I think he's just like, mm, I don't want to get up. So he just goes. So we're like, I think I have like three sets of sheets now on heavy rotation. How about their friends? Like the orphanage. Do they, do they miss them? Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. They do. They miss Haiti, and I don't blame them. They miss their friends. They miss their life. Like, I know it's so hard. Things I didn't think about. I just was so excited to get them here. I didn't care. I was going to do whatever it took to get them here. Because I know we're going to offer them a better life. And I know eventually we'll get there, and it will be better. But right now, I hurt for them. Because we've literally ripped them from everything that they know. And it's, I'm, I grieve that. Because I know that they're excited. I know that they're confused, sad. They're like all the things. If you could just be all the things, that's them. Because there's so many highs and there's so many lows. And then you start to feel selfish, you being me, my husband, because you were trying to do everything you could to rescue them from this horrible situation that is an orphanage. But to them, that's what they know. So 
we want them to acclimate here, which they will eventually. And then when they grow up and they go back and see, they'll see the difference and be like, wow, okay, this is, I have America or wherever a lot of the kids go to either Canada, France, whatever. In our situation, like I have been given an opportunity and I'm going to be given love and, uh, you know, a type of love I never would have gotten at an orphanage and a type of opportunity and education I would have never gotten. So I have to focus on that, like the future of that, because sometimes when I focus on the now, I know that, gosh, they probably just want to go back. Like I'm thinking it's so great here, but to them, life was great. They don't know any different. They didn't know any different. So the fact that they, you know, have their cute little Ugg boots, like she doesn't care. (laughs) You know, I didn't have Uggs till I was like 35. I'm like, you're 10. You've got Uggs. <laughs> what about things like you, you got a membership at the Y? Yeah. You're, you're all at the Y now. Yeah. We're like family, the Y. Do they think that's cool or? They don't know. What the, they, don't, they think it's cool. They like to there go. there are like contraptions and exercise equipment and balls. and They see a gym. Well, sometimes driving around Haiti, they have outdoor gyms. Sort of like Venice Beach, but not. They have outdoor <laughs> gyms in Haiti. That's what they have. That's what they know. Yeah. They have real like nice gyms up in like the wealthier part, but the part of town they grew up in and they never started leaving the orphanage unless it was with us anyways. But you drive around and and yes, there's outdoor gyms. I don't know. Their government decided maybe it'd be a good way for Haitians to go burn off steam. So there's outdoor gyms. <laughs> And they see it. So they've seen that. So we go to the gym. We were trying to explain to them that's what it is. So they get it. But um, they know that we get to work out. And you know what's so amazing at the Y? I mean, you're paying for a membership. So you're paying for this as part of your thing. But they let you drop your kids off for two hours if you need to. We haven't done the full two hours yet. But as long as you're there, you don't even have to be working out. And the woman straight up told me this. She said, look, I'm just going to tell you the truth. If you just need to come here and get some work done, bring your computer. If you just need to like sit on that couch and stare at the wall and talk to no one, drop your kids off. Or if you want to go run 10 miles, go run 10 miles. Whatever you need, we're here for you. And you just drop them off. And the caregivers there have been amazing. And then we're in Nashville, so Vanderbilt's here. And there's student volunteers from Vanderbilt when school's in session that come and tutor the kids. I'm like, this is amazing. Sign me up. That was when we were getting the tour of like, if we should sign up. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Did they like it? Meaning go there, the people that they are watched by, are they fun? Is the room fun? Yeah, they're fun. Does they draw, they make pictures, they have a Wii, they have ping pong and pool. They have all the things. And they then they have the tutor session rooms too, which they, you know, they need to be learning. And then they're getting to interact with other kids that are in there, which is crucial because when you're immersed with people that, are speaking another language, you're forced to do that too. And it's going to help them with their English a lot. How's the English coming with the kids? Good. She, good. But it's just going to take more time. I see that I just try to, again, we try to do day by day. Um, some days we are more progressive than others. But I just know within a year, we met with a Haitian pastor yesterday and he told us that in about a year, they're, they're not even going to want to speak Creole. All they're going to want to do is speak English. Really? In a year? In a year. Because they're they're going to love it. And all their friends are going to be doing it and they don't want to be different. And he said, just wait. It'll be fine. It'll work itself out. I mean, not that we, we don't want them to abandon Creole by any means. 
but it is hard sometimes when I know she knows what we're saying and I know she can speak it more with me than she does, but she's holding out just because it's, and it's a comfortable thing. It's all about being comfortable. So, and do you know what I learned about the Haitian culture, which I've been going to Haiti for five years? I had no idea. So it is a sign of disrespect for children to look at an adult in the eyes when they're talking to them. Wow. If an adult is talking to them, children are to look down. And is that, that is, something that happened at first and you thought, yes, why are they looking I'm like, down? You're, they, I've even done it in Haiti. I've corrected them in Haiti, but nobody, all my Haitian friends and all the peoples and all the things, I've, I've never been told this. But the Haitian pastor yesterday told us that because he was speaking to her and she was speaking down and it wasn't phasing him. He was like, no problem. And then she started fidgeting with something because I was like, pay attention, look up, he's speaking to you. And then he pulled me and my husband aside. He said, I need to share with you something about Haitian culture that I don't know that you're aware of. But in our culture, it is a sign of disrespect to look up when an adult is talking. So now that they're here in America and it's a sign of disrespect to do that, and Americans are telling them look up when someone's speaking, he said, you watch them transition from looking down to suddenly fidgeting because they don't know what's right and what's wrong. Am I supposed to look down? Am I supposed to look up? So maybe if I play with this while they talk to me, I won't be doing something wrong. I'll be. That's the middle for them. It's the middle for them. And I've totally noticed that happening. And I'll, even when we're doing disciplinary things before I had this wonderful meeting with this very knowledgeable pastor during disciplinary moments, I'm like, why I am talking to you? Why are you not looking at me? And now I know they were straight up respecting me. (laughs) And I, whoopsie, I was just confusing them. But they'll eventually, he said with that too, they'll learn and then they'll start showing respect and look you in, looking you in the eye and they'll get the difference and they'll stop fidgeting. But I don't know. I thought that was cool. Wow. Yeah, I was like, okay, learning as we go. I'll talk about LifeLock for one second. So what you don't want to do is hop on an internet that isn't secure. Your husband talks about this, to, yeah. even to me. Yeah, he's really into that. He's really into I'm it. I'm not, but he More is. so than I thought, because yeah. I'm kind of into it, but he's really into it. He bought me for Christmas um, yeah, a VPN, a server. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like you're at your house, but it, your VPN says you're like in Japan. Yep. <laughs> One of four people have experienced identity theft. And if you're only monitoring your credit, you can still have your identity stolen. Thieves could sell your information and get a payday loan on your name. or st- It's more than just your credit, but it still watches your credit too. But that's why I have LifeLock. I've had it for years. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats. If you have a problem, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will work with you to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions all the time. But LifeLock is there for you. Join now and get 10% off with the promo code BONES. Type in BONES. 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com and use the promo code BONES. So there's that. Do you Have you had time to miss work at all? No. None? No. Do you know honestly, what's going on? I haven't even listened. I, that's a lie. Because I listened the day. I listened the day. First day I came on. So I've done like a couple phone calls. But the very first one, I felt really nervous when I was talking to you and I didn't know how it came across. So I finally got to go back the next day and listen to that podcast and ended up listening to more. So I know a little bit of what's going on, but that's it. So that's the only listening I've done. And I did notice when I was on air with you, I said like a million times. So I'm working on that. I don't know if you have noticed. Well, you've said it a lot today. I have? Yeah. Shoot! But only because I, I'm cutting it. it out of my vocabulary. So I notice when other people say it. I, I, uh, I, I've been so intentional even with, I was slower with my speaking because I was trying to avoid saying like, okay, okay. 
I'll see if I can go the rest of the podcast you don't without have saying to it. Do no, it. I mean, I'm, no, no, it's annoying. It's, it's hard no, no, to no. cut completely, but it is annoying when you You've hear yourself You've told back. me it's an issue and I fixed it for a few years and now it's back. And then when I heard myself on the phone with you, I was like, <laughs> that's bad. So I need to stop using it, period. So I'm going to do that. I think just to be forthcoming about conversations Amy and I've had about the show was when you said, hey, uh, we all knew. Well, first of all, years ago, you were leaving the show when you got the kids because they were going to be much, much oh, younger. Oh, for sure. It if was, I got pregnant, if I was doing whatever, mom, top priority because they weren't going to be in school and they needed me. And It was known by me you were gone. Yeah. And I always thought when Amy gets her kids, she's leaving the show. Not in any bad way, but it just was part of the, the circle and the cycle of the show. Yeah. As they got older, you said, hey, I'm, I'm not leaving the show. This is probably two years ago. Mm-hmm. said, I'm not leaving the show. They're old enough now. They'll come and they'll go to school. And, and this is a job where luckily I could do that. Go to school and it doesn't really, I could still pick them up from school every day. It's amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the past month or so, even when I went to your house, I was like, hey, you just do you. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. It's a little bit more demanding than I thought. I kind of thought, oh, sweet. I just blah. But again, because the night times are so hard for us and we wake up so early, it's like, oh, how much of this schedule like, when do you, re- and so what some people might realize about our show is we do prep during other times during the day. It's not, we just show up and start talking. I mean, nothing's planned out necessarily, or, but, but there is prep that we do. And I'm thinking, when in the world would I do the prep? Maybe I go to the Y. You take them and do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop them off. I do my prep <laughs> and then somehow I get sleep and then wake up and come in. I don't know. And well, then we leave at such a weird hour if my husband's traveling. But we've, we're trying to figure it out. Like, what will that look like? And what's going to take priority? And right now, I just right now I just don't know. So, and that's what I even say on the air because I want to be honest with the listeners. Like, we, this is what I think will happen. And January 7th right now at 12.15 p.m. is the time. From our conversations, I think you'll come back, but that you'll leave again. Mm. That's been my my solid bet. You'll come back. You don't want to leave us hanging. This is your second family. I think you'll come back. Because I thought for a while you wouldn't come back. And I said that to you. I said, hey, if you don't want to come back, I get it. Yeah. I said that to you in your house. I know. I know. Multiple times. And because I, I think you were just either. I mean, you said a lot of different things. But that one you said, I think you just. And I appreciate that. You want to make sure that I know that you're you get it. You're not any good to me unless you can be you. I don't, you know. Am I still me? Yeah. Okay. Right now. Well, this is our first you're, time You're working. kind of frazzled. This is the first time we've ever worked, sort of. Yeah, worked since I am a mom. Yeah. Am I the same? No. What's you're actually not. What? You're still awesome. But no, no, no. Just your perspective is a little different. No, you've grown a lot in three weeks, which is crazy. Oh, I'm like way more mature? I don't know about mature. Am I smarter? Yes, far. <laughs> Wiser? You're, very, you're a very stable Cooler? genius, yes. Mm, yeah, younger, cool. All those. But I said that to you because I kind of expected you to not come back. So if I do come back, when am I leaving again and where am I going? No, no, I think this is where I would put the order. You, I think you'll come back. Okay. I do think you'll come back. I gave it a one in five shot that you would never come back. Mm-hmm. It's probably a little higher than that in my mind because you had already decided you were not coming back and you decided to come back. All that. I said you're not coming back one in five. I think you'll come back, but I think that you'll come and realize, you know, these kids are really important to me, which you feel that now. And I don't feel like I'm doing my job as well as I should be. And that you'll say, I need, I'll give you six months, three months, five months, something like that. That's my prediction on what you're going to do. 
Yeah. Okay. And that's what I've that even told other people. Yeah. But that's it. That that's what I feel will happen okay. because you don't want to. You know, I know, leave I us hanging. No, I don't, and I don't. I don't like if but, someone else has to pick up my slack. And oh, it's been. Oh, what do you gone, Amy? It's been, I, I, the show sucks. What? I first of all, you, well, y'all. I'm sure it doesn't. No, no. We come back from break. I've already been. What are you trying to hand me? Okay, got it. I've already been. Um, I, I came in. I wasn't sleeping right. I'm getting off this anxiety medicine. It's making my brain go crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I come in. I don't have the main person I talk with. And so Eddie's not a real co-host. Lunchbox is not a real conversational co-host. I don't have anybody to talk with. I have people to talk to occasionally, but it's weird for me because I've been in this with you for 12 years. And all of a sudden, I'm having to lean on people where their strength isn't what I'm asking them to do. And they have other things they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's true. And so all those things combined, it was a really rotten few shows. I said it on the air. The shows aren't good. I apologize. Oh, okay. So... (laughs) I've I'll been, have to listen. <laughs> I've been using no, don't listen. Okay. I've been using Morgan number two a little bit. Yeah. Using Hillary the phone screen yeah, a little and bit. They're both great. They're both fine, but they're so green because they don't know yeah. how to handle me. Yeah. That's the one thing you do know is how to handle me. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how so, I figured that out, but no, after ten years or so, you just figure it out. Yeah, that's true. When you're around crazy, this is for both of us. When you're around crazy long enough, you you learn how to use that crazy. Mm-hmm. In a positive way. Yeah. I use your crazy, you use mine. Sure. But that being said, I don't know what I'm going to do when you decide to leave. Okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing, so don't But I'm just telling you what's in my head. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't even know if I want to do mornings anymore once you're gone. Yeah, you'll just go do something else? Maybe. Well, you do have other things coming up. Absolutely. I could see that. But, right, and I don't know what I want to do. Wow. If you leave, it's going to make me reconsider what I'm doing. Okay. And it, I don't think it puts all the power. Yeah, I was like, on, no, I was looking you. at his powers, looking at his pressure. No, 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 no pressure at all. Because eventually, I can't do mornings anyway. Yeah. I'm just not going to be able to do them. I'm going to die. I'm going to have a family one day, hopefully in the next twenty years. What? <laughs> You're going to be like sixty. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. One day, and so I don't want to wake up at three in the morning. Yeah, me neither. Let's figure that out. <sighs> well. The story I wanted to talk about, the Coke story real quick, was that Amy, I went over to Amy's house and she was saying, yeah, we went to get some food. I think it was at a burger place. Mm-hmm. And the waitress came over and was like, would you like Coke, Sprite, uh, Orange Crush? And you were like, no, 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 yeah, no. She was so sweet. And we were going to drink water. And if they don't know that the restaurant has other options, then we don't have to bring that up. But I just had never, it's something... As a mom, now that I'm a mom, I notice things differently. If a waitress had, or a server had come over and said that to us and we didn't have kids with us, I would have thought, okay, yeah, I'm just going to have water because I can make my own healthy choices for myself. Well, you give a 7 and 10-year-old options like that, they want, you know, the orange crush and the Coke and the apple juice, all of them. And <laughs> all of them. <laughs> they want all of them. So it just, I, I was like, oh my gosh, I wanted to look at her and be like, you would get a much bigger tip for me if you would just not give any of those options. If you would come over and be like, are y'all ready to order? What would you like? Not get, like, just come over and immediately tell them all these amazing sugary concoctions that you can whip up for them. Did you understand my logic though when I said, hey, I think she was actually going above and beyond because most of the time with kids, 
you have they know the environment they're in and they know what's offered at that environment. Most kids don't come from another country and all of a sudden they're in a burger spot where they have all these sodas. Right. And if kids are in that environment, they know what's there. And so most kids want the sugary stuff and are allowed the sugary stuff. So if she comes and it bonds with the kids immediately. Yeah, she's doing her job. I get it. Like, yes, I got what you were saying and I still get it. That's just it. for me waiting tables because I, I went know. right to the kids. Right. Somehow I still got my kids to drink water. I convinced them this. we just have water here. She does not know what she's talking about. There's only water. But you can have an avocado. They like, like avocados, huh? Yes. The waitress, I asked her, I said, do you have avocados? She said, yeah. I said, we'll take a whole one, please. And it's like a place where you don't like get a whole avocado ever. I said, listen, trust me. I just need a whole avocado. You can cut it up between them. They'll be fine. And they were a little happy campers after that. They but- just scooped the avocado and eat it? Mm-hmm. At, a, at the house, I just cut it right open down the middle and they get a spoon and they eat it right out. And it's amazing. All right. So we're nearing the end of this. Give me the thing that you've loved the most. Oh, the time my son tried to poop in a urinal. Oh, he didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. Like You've never seen a urinal. <laughs> lunchbox is drunk. But yes, go ahead. So <laughs> he never seen. So he's been to... Like our home doesn't have a urinal and he's been to public restrooms before, but mostly with me, I would say. And even if he goes to my husband, it's a men's women's like situation where they just, there's just a toilet, not a urinal. And my husband took him in and there was a urinal and he was fascinated by it and he could not wait to pee pee in it. So, and my husband really tries to take him pee pee because my husband doesn't trust me. He thinks when I take our son you to the toilet. You take your son to the public restroom? Into the women's. Oh, into the women's. Yeah. Into the women's. But you know how I've been guilty of getting the toilet paper to teach him how to dab? Yeah. Because it doesn't get clean. It doesn't get dry. I don't know why. That's why why I dab. Yeah, I don't know why men were not taught to dab as boys, but my husband thinks that is crazy town and you shake or do whatever you do. Men do not dab. So he barely, if Stevenson, our son, we're fine with saying names. If he has to go to the bathroom, he'll say bathroom and I'll be like, I'll take you. And my husband's like, I got this because he does not want me dabbing so he takes him he sees the urinal my husband's like yeah my moment has arrived with my son i'm gonna teach him how to use the urinal so he like does his thing they don't dab they shake whatever my husband's like high five daps let's go wash our hands and then my husband's like toilet which toilet for example my husband's like and i'm just letting you know that's okay yeah so for example what was i even saying I just wanted to point out it. Thank you. And I'm not going to do it all the time. Just the one time. I just want to let you know because I don't notice it sometimes. I probably did it 50. I killed a good story though. So my husband said, let's go wash our hands. And my son said, toilet, which that is his, I have to go in, in Haitian and Haiti. When you have to go number two, you say toilet. So he's like, toilet, toilet. And my husband's thinking, oh man. Okay. So he just drops his pants, turns around on the urinal, and sits down. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't You're he? right. Why wouldn't yeah, he? Why wouldn't he? So, we, yeah, we learned that, okay, got to teach him the difference between a urinal and a toilet. And then we had to take them to the doctor, and they had to pee in a cup. <laughs> Son got it down. Y'all are actually lucky in that department. Pee in a cup. He thought it was amazing. It was like a game. How much of this can I get in the cup? <laughs> like a fun game. My daughter's like sitting on the toilet. She's she's looking at me like I'm crazy. You want me to pee in the cup? And she's looking at me. The logical thing would be for her to pee in the toilet and me take the cup and scoop her pee out of the water. 
she kept trying to tell me that's what we have to do. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 you have to pee in the cup. It can't be mixed in with any other things. So I look away to do something with my son and I turn back around and she's not peeing on the toilet. She is, she put the cup on the ground. She squatted over it and she's peeing. You know what? On the ground, which actually makes more sense. Yes. However, yeah. then Pete was like everywhere. The doctor was like knocking on the door. Are y'all okay? I'm like, going to be out. Do you have any um, Lysol That's funny. spray? Then, which the doctor doesn't know, probably doesn't listen to the podcast. So we're fine. But I didn't have time to redo this whole pee in the cup thing. So I'm washing my son's hands and I look over and my daughter is playing that game of swish back and forth and pee between their cups. <gasps> yes. The doctor got the pee from both of them mixed together? But they don't know it. This Who doesn't me. know it? Uh, nobody knows it. No, but they need to know. No. 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 <laughs> what? No. what are you doing? It's fine. It's fine. I mean, I'm confessing right now, but it was one of those moments where I did not. Maybe next time we go back, I'll be like, you should probably have them repeat. They're both going to have <laughs> both everything. You're not going to know which one has anything. They don't have anything wrong with them. It's fine. They already had the medical exams to, for them to enter the U.S. So I don't think we're dealing with anything that's wrong. We just needed this these tests to be done so they could go to school. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know how taxing it was to get the pee in the cups. So when I looked over and saw that she was playing that game where you like put one cup into put the other you, cup, mm-hmm. it didn't matter. I just said, you know what? Mommy's going to take those. And I put them in the little, you know, they used to put in the little window shelf and they got their names and I shut the door and I was like, we are going to act like this never happened. Carry on. And we went out. I, we were at the doctor for over two hours, Bobby. I did not have time for that. So I know. I know. I know. I'm a horrible parent. I, I know. It's so bad. Now that I'm saying, this is the first time I said it out loud. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I feel... I mean, I feel given that exact scenario, I probably would have done the same thing again. And so many other people would have. And if they're saying they wouldn't, then they probably would. And they're going to lie about it. But, um, you know, we have to go. We had to get six shots each th- that day. We have to go back and get like six more. She said like. We how would to, they, how do they take the shots? They call them pickies. They saw the needles and they've had shots in Haiti. And they said, no picky, no picky, no picky, no picky, no picky. Picky, no. No picky. They did not want the pickies. And then I don't know about, I'm sure the nurses here or the needles or whatever the situation is, it's more gentle and better because once they got it, they were fine. They're just, their legs, they got them in both of their legs and they're really sore and tender. And every time, like if I go pick them up or something, it's just like, ow, ow. And I forget. So they're fine. They did great. But that was just, that was a day. That was a day. I don't want to ever do that again. I was like, that's, you have to do that stuff so your kids go to school. And you see all these kids in school. It means there's all these responsible parents <laughs> that, like, made that happen. So, like, props. Because it's a lot. To get your kid in school is a lot. And two kids. Yeah. Immunized Ten and all and the seven. things. Yeah. I'm like, I, don't, I get why some parents, oh, forget it. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, and if they're working parents, like right now, this is me 100% saying to you and our bosses and our company, thank you. I was thinking if I had this going on and a legit full-time job and still trying to make appointments, I feel like I know some of those people and you see in movies the people that have that 
struggle in finding that balance. And man, I do not take this time off for granted one bit. So thank you. I probably need to go call the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. In a sentence. Yeah. I don't want to go too too far into this because mm-hmm. we're gonna run out of time. Mm-hmm. What um, what's the biggest challenge for you? Mm. Trying to understand. They're trying to understand. Trying to understand what they're processing and what they're going through. I'm not going to, but I try, and that's hard so um that's it just trying to and and be aware like constantly sometimes I have to try to understand and then make sure I'm aware of that and I may need to backstep I may be going in one direction that's not right and I have to recognize that it's wrong and not be prideful or be anything and just start over and that's okay Way more than one sentence. Some things never change. Yeah. Why? What? Why? You did you even say no one sentence? I didn't hear that. Part. I did, and you never How did. Do. I didn't even say that in one sentence. You did, and what? then you kept going. Oh. Yeah. So you did say it in one sentence. sentence. You trying, said trying to understand. Trying to understand. And you took a beat. And I thought, wow, she's really changed. Well, you go, need, and then the waterfall came out. Absolutely. Elaboration. I agree. It was better told as you elaborated and added to it. Elaboration word. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You elaborate on something. You continue going on. Are you turning in the lunchbox now, just saying words and hoping they they matter? No, it felt right, but I I knew I you know, you you've now written like two books. So, by the way, I emailed you. I did you do you read your email? Which email did you? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you need, just. No, I emailed you. I need you to be a part of this book, and uh-huh. so I emailed you what I need from you. Mm, okay. So happy to do it. Seems like you have a lot of time. Just happy to, to do it. Let's can we knock it out here while I'm here right now? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Okay. Well, well, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. First time you've actually talked about a lot of that. Yeah. Good times. I mean, I've heard pretty much good all of it, of except it, the pooping in the in the, the urinal story, the which is pretty fantastic, by the way. And the doctor urine thing. Yeah. That's a, that that was not good. How, what's your, what, how do you, what do you think about me when you hear that? Are you thinking she's a bad mom? No, I think what you're experiencing <laughs> is what a lot of parents experience. And it's something that our show hasn't been able to take and put out there mm. that's very relatable. And I think it's going to add a ton to the show. If I come back. No, you'll come back. Oh, yeah, but then I'm going to leave for I five I think months. you'll come back. No, 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 no. Not for five months. I think you'll come back and after a few months go, I just can't do this with the same ability, so I'm going to let you know that in a few months I'm out for good. Oh, out for good. That's what I think is going to happen. Oh, gosh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm crazy. I got to listen to the show, though. We're going to see what's happening here. You're making a lot of money, though. <laughs> Is this you know? you're trying to like? I'm just, no, no. I just saying. I don't want you to go. I just want you to think about that. You're making a lot of money. Stop. We started. Someone tweeted we started me yesterday. At the bottom. Okay. Oh, for sure. So it's fine. Amy came over and took less money because she was doing sales at a granite shop. So when I say that, you have to understand. But even at the time, we were so young and we I had were no idiots. idea what was happening. I thought it was still amazing. I remember telling my dad my first contract, and he looked at me. He's like. It's great, honey. And he patted me on the back. Because <laughs> it was nothing. Away. But I mean, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. But it really was like nothing. Yep. So, but we'd get, we. What was it like $35,000 or something a year? Are you was joking? It, oh, was that high? break 30. Really? It was in the 20s. Yeah. Stop. Should it have been? Clearly I got. Oh, I don't know. I wasn't making much more than that. I was making 55 at the time. And I was spending all that into syndication. That's probably what I thought you made. And I probably was like, well, he makes so. He makes, yeah. which that is a good. But I was taking half of it and make. putting it back into 
syndication. The, the building the show. Yeah, and... me too, me too. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. It's good to see you. Good to talk to you. I, I know, mi- right? Th- I miss you. Yeah. This, this. I'm, I, miss... I mean, I see you, I talk to you, whatever, but this is different. We have a different, um, this is our other part of our relationship. Yeah. Well, okay, we'll leave it at it's that. very rewarding. No, on the air, Amy said, you know, I tell you, I thought all the charity stuff was rewarding. That's nothing compared to... I was like, man, make me feel terrible. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay, there bye. we go. Okay, bye. That's it for us. We'll see you next time. Episode what? 96. 96. Wow. I was... My first time on this podcast, I was episode 10. 86 episodes later, you made it again. Finally. You all had right, to get two done. kids. All right, we're out. <laughs>